The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So, John, let's let's review some of these YouTube questions. We actually had a bunch earlier, um, and uh, I, I, it's going to be hard to kind of discern where we're at um let's see from mr sinister would you guys say after what you've seen in the preseason that the Bengals must look for offensive line help during cut day across the league or roll with what they have john mr sinister Thanks for thanks for tuning in. You donated to the Puppet Fund at D, uh, on DNH Sports and Daddy's channel. Thank you personally for me. Um, yeah, I think they will at least scour some waiver cuts on on Saturday just because they you know, they may come off as confident that that group is finalized. But based off what we've seen, that's probably not the true sentiment. And I do think that the, there there always is some surprise cuts around the league and. The offensive, the quality of offensive line play around the league is not very high right now. So we could see some, some at at one point promising names, you know, maybe maybe get cut in the final year or two of the rookie deals. And all sometimes all it takes is a change of scenery. So whether that's a guard like Earl Watford who just got released from Chicago, or maybe maybe another tackle if they let go of like one of a boy here, Fisher, you know, that that's definitely something that we should not expect, but we shouldn't be surprised if it happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it depends on who's available because I looked a little while ago, I looked at available, you know, right tackles and whatnot. Um, and the pickings were slim in terms of availability then um, because most have been picked up during the free agency period. But you never know. I mean, the Bengals let go of Georgia Loca kind of middle of the preseason, and there are other guys that are, you know, mid-level, pretty pretty decent players that are maybe making a little more money than they should that can come in and maybe be a better scheme fit with the Bengals. You never know. Uh, I, I think the Bengals probably view what they have as a long game. You know, they look at it as, you know, there are guys here. We have a new coach. Let's see what he could get out of what we have. Um, but I also think that there are, as we mentioned, and you said earlier, John, um, there are – the window is closing a bit for this team. You know, guys that were once 
you know, the class of 2010, 2011 that were so young and, and you know, kept this team in those five straight consecutive playoff appearances, all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're all approaching 30. Um, and, you know, there, there's just you know, Marvin Lewis is only on a two year contract. We know that, you know, we know that he seems to have a never ending type of contract in, in Cincinnati, but the, the window, yeah, exactly. The window, the window is, 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 is kind of closing a bit. So, you know, the urgency level could be there in terms of, Hey, let's make a move. We've seen them. We talked about it on the program before we've seen them do stuff at the end of free agency, be it through trades or pickup guys. Brandon Tate was a late addition who stuck with the club for a handful of years. Reggie Nelson was a, a trade they made at the, at the end of uh, preseason and he was a great player for the for the Bengals. So um, Kelly Jennings, other guys were added during the summer. So uh, don't be surprised if if there's an addition. But I just don't know. Uh, it, it totally depends on who is going to be out there and what the fit may be for the Bengals. And uh, who knows? Maybe even if there's an injury, God forbid, uh, in this next game coming up. But uh, Good stuff, and I'm glad to hear that uh, Mr. Sinister also uh, donated to the fund for the other program that you are on. That's that's good stuff. I love hearing generosity like that. Um, hearing a lot – I mean, there's probably three three different people at least in the live YouTube chat. Um, does, does Denar get signed now that um, – you know, the Bengals doled out a bunch of money to Atkins and um, Atkins and Dunlap there. So I, we talked about it a little bit, but do you think they get something done pretty soon with him or, or at all? Because he is now in that, uh, that final year here of his deal. And, you know, they've got the, the money tied up a bit into Drake or Patrick. They've got William Jackson in the fold for a handful of years. And Denard is kind of their slot guy plays outside occasionally, but um, you know, I guess it's a turn, it's a matter of value and all of that, but, uh, do you think they get a deal done with him and extension done? I wish I could say yes or no with any confidence because we just have not heard anything about this and I'm sure that they're, they have been working on it because I think it's way more likely that they get a deal done now than if they get a deal done, you know, bef- like after free agency opens, because I do think with his prospects being 26, 27 years old, hopefully coming off two very solid years at nickel cornerback, which is a position that's obviously rising in value in the modern NFL defense. I think that I'm going to say he doesn't just because just because it's a guess, to be honest with you. But I think if we were to see an extension, it would be Tyler Croft because I think that there's more there is more uncertainty at the tight end position with Eifert and Uzoma um, also entering free agent deals, and they might just want to have one of those guys under contract beyond this year. But for Dennard, I'm going to say no. But I, I again, I really no confidence in that answer because I I just have no idea. Yeah, it's it's hard to say because the Bengals love cornerbacks and they love they love drafting them high, and they love paying him quite a bit of money. Uh, they paid Drake Kirkpatrick quite a bit of money. They paid Adam Jones uh, quite a bit of money over a handful of years that he was with the club on a number of different contracts and with issues, not not the same type of issues that he had when he was with Tennessee and Dallas and stuff, but there were definitely some off-field stuff, and they still paid him some money. They'll probably, you know, if, if William Jackson ends up living to this off-season hype that he's been receiving 
this this summer here. Um, they'll probably be paying him quite a bit of money. So is it like, you know, Denard, who's been – he was a disappointment at the beginning of his career, but has kind of stepped up his play of late. Um, you know, I think they want to keep him, but the price has to be right. And if the Bengals, again, end up picking, you know, in, in that first round in the teens or 20s, um, you know, that might just be a more affordable option for another cornerback that they look at. But obviously with offensive line still seeming to be a glaring issue, um, you know, that, that's a pretty pretty big decision to make there. So um, I, I, I'd like to think they get it done um, because I, I think they want, they've made it a, a summer priority, but um, we'll see. So if you want to get in touch with us on the line, do so. There was a – and I wanted to get to this – very broad scoped question, but it seems to be from a new listener, at least one that I do not recognize. And uh, it does kind of tie into the the performance we talked about by the Bengals against the Bills. Amanda Bramble in the live YouTube chat says, do you think we are going to make it to the playoffs this year? Um, we talked about the Jekyll and Hyde nature. We talked about all of that. I think more stuff needs to be sorted out um, with the final roster and all that kind of stuff, but um, just your, your general inclination, John. Now, you know, we, 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 out, we, when we did the schedule release and all that kind of stuff. We, we like to do that win by win, you know, Oh, win, loss, win, loss. I think most people kind of had them in the eight to 10 win range. They thought, uh, especially after the draft and free agency. Now we've seen them play a bit. Uh, we've seen them probably play a little bit better overall than maybe we thought at times. Um, but also have some familiar issues and expected issues. So just as we sit here now, um, right before the regular season, what do you think? I think that the AFC North is as wide open as it's ever been because I think the Steelers are are in line for some form of regression. Um, Bengals always compete with the Ravens and the Browns are, you know, who knows what they're going to do. I understand the arguments for 6-10 and 10 up through 10-6 and 6, completely evenly. And that's why my thoughts are and my predictions kind of lie with the eight and eight range. And obviously, even in a weak AFC, that's not enough to make the playoffs. I just think that this team has a lot going for them right now. Like what we talked about with the, the ability to be explosive on offense and to shut down passing games on defense. But I also think that if they were to win, you know, nine to 11 games, everything would have to go right, you know, Key players who have to stay healthy, guys who haven't stayed healthy in the past. I'm talking Cordy Glenn, Eifert, and Ross. I think if those guys play at least 12 games each, then 10, 11 wins is very much possible. And along with that, the schedule is it's a third place schedule, and there's only like a few games where I have minimal confidence that they can actually win. Most of the games on the schedule are winnable. So, with all that saying, I'm going to say. No, because I'm a natural pessimist, I guess. But I do think that they're going to be better than than last year. And I do think that the division and the conference is wide open. So I'm definitely not ruling it out. I'm just looking at the the probability of everything clicking and everything going right. It's It's obviously very slim for any team in the NFL. And I just think that they're just not in a position yet to survive bumps that could very well happen down the road. Yeah, I think that it's probably going to be, and I'm going to be a little short because we do have a call on the line. Um, it's going to be, it, to me, I think they'll have enough wins to be 
in the dance or or in the conversation. I just think they'll need help. And I and I think you mentioned the the conference will be is more open. You know, there's a change at, at quarterback for the Chiefs that could go amazing for them, or it could go you know terrible. The Chargers probably seem to be pretty pretty strong, but they just keep losing guys in the preseason to major injuries all the time. Um, you know, the Raiders were good a couple of years ago. They weren't good last year. Um, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots, but, uh, you know, we, we said father times undefeated. It just, he, he's really taking his time with Tom Brady. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot to dissect there, but pretty open, pretty open conference. Um, I think they're going to need some help. Uh, I, I do think they'll probably still be in that eight to 10 win range, but probably need some help. Um, but there's probably going to be some amazing weeks. And some very very frustrating weeks yep. uh, from this team ahead, and I, I think that's that's probably something that's going to be expected. So we do have a caller on the line. It is uh, loyal to the to a fault. Who I think that is the the screen name or your your, your username on CincyJungle.com. I see you comment on a lot of our a lot of our articles, and uh, appreciate you you tuning in. Um, what was your question? Marvin Lewis response to the question uh, regarding Western that they gave in the press conference uh, yesterday or a couple days ago. He was basically asked, why is Westerman uh, not getting a shot on the right side? His answer was, the sides are synonymous. I don't know how that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what Right. And yeah. And if, I mean, loyal to a fault means I'm, I'm getting the impression that you have been a Bengals fan for a long time. And if you've been a Bengals fan for a long time, you will have known or seen a lot of interesting Marvin Lewis pressers where he's either Mr. Giggles about stuff or he's scowl and two word answers about stuff. So, um, I, I appreciate the call. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening on the uh, or thanks for reading all our material at Cincy Jungle as well, loyal. And we'll we'll take your uh, question off off the air here. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, buddy. Um, yeah. So you were able to hear him, right, John? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, to me, there I think there's some mental aspects of Christian Westerman's game that he may not be grasping um, in terms of alignments and calls and all that kind of stuff. And our own Josh Kirkendall at Cincy Jungle wrote a nice piece up on that as well. But your thoughts on, on Westerman, everybody is clamoring for him to take the right guard job. And for some reason he's getting no time there in preseason and he's backing up at left guard. Yeah, this is, all, all Marvin had to do is just throw in a giggle, and it's just like the most classic Marvin Lewis comment <laughs> of all time. Um, I'm, it, I'm, I'm young. I don't have a lot of experience with NFL coach speaking stuff like that, but I've come to learn that coaches, some coaches, love being right more than doing the right thing, and I think that with the way that they've handled the Westerman situation, they've made him a backup and. The tape doesn't lie. He looks really impressive on that second-team offensive line. He hasn't had a bad week yet. He obviously left the game early last week, but 
he still has looked really good. And we've seen, you know, the right guard spot not look very good, but they kind of made their bed with their stance on Westerman. And I can't help but feeling this is just them sticking to their guns and just wanting to be right and just and promoting some type of narrative with Westerman to try to appease people who are questionable about the whole situation. I'm personally not buying it because I have my own eyeballs and all of you guys do too. And you've seen the way that Westerman's played and you don't have to know the play call. You don't have to know the assignments to know that if a guy can play, he can play even on the offensive line and he can, and he has value on the roster. So I just think this is more of a case of them wanting to be right than them just owning up to something that they were initially wrong at. Yeah. And in a, in a, in an off season that has seemed to buck some trends uh, in terms of Marvin Lewis and the organization, getting rid of some of these uh, valued veterans, LaFell, Loca, all those, you know, guys like that um, spending quite a bit of money on extensions. Yes. That's been, they've done that before, but, not to that level in terms of money. Um, there are some things that seem to be different. The coaching staff turnover, all of that. This is this is vintage Marvin. This is vintage Marvin. And if you remember, you, you said you're a bit younger. You may or may not remember this, John. But when Carlos Dunlap, the guy who just received a $45 million contract, when he was a rookie in 2010, he did not play much at all the first half of the season because he there were rumblings of not practicing the right way and he needs to get with the program and all that kind of stuff. Lo and behold, the Bengals have a pretty terrible season, so they start playing him more to see what they have out of the young guys when the season's already out of control and the guy has almost double-digit sacks. In his many franchise record. Yeah, it, it, well, yeah, he ended up, yeah, he ended up doing it, but um, – in that in that season, though, I'm saying he he played maybe half a season, and he and he had almost double digit sacks that year. And you sit here and you go, okay, well, yes, I, I get the old school coach mentality of practice the right way and show the right attitude and all of that kind of stuff. But that stuff doesn't necessarily translate all the time to the pros in terms of sending a message. Or um, I mean, these are guys making a lot of money and. This isn't, these aren't guys on scholarship and, you know, oh, coach is going to pull my scholarship if I don't, you know, work out the right way and all that kind of stuff. That's not, yes, there are suspensions for conduct detrimental to the team. And yes, you could be cut and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, just to send a message and as a possible detriment to your team at a position that you desperately need some help at, I, I don't know. Um, but I also look at it from the standpoint of, well, this was a guy who was largely viewed as a second or third round talent a couple years ago when he came out of the draft in terms of draft analysts, fell all the way to the fifth round. So maybe there's something there that they just don't want to publicly say, um, whether it's study habits, uh, whatever, um, that they don't like, the teams don't didn't like in the pre-draft process, and that's why he fell further than expected. Um, but... Again, this is something that's detrimental to the team and, uh, well, potentially detrimental. And we also know Marvin Lewis doesn't like pro football focus. He's publicly said that before. Um, I believe he called it a dumbass website at, at some point. Um, Frank Pollock kind of said the same thing about some of his guys' performance this preseason. Granted, that's not, to me, that's not, you know, 
scripture in terms of what you what you expect from player performance, but it is a nice barometer. It is it is a valuable barometer to use. The Bengals don't seem to use that, so um, I don't know. I you know I don't know. Maybe it's going. Is it going to take poor run blocking and Dalton getting planted on his butt from the right side in order for them to potentially say, okay, Westerman, gosh, please. Um, I don't know. I hope not. But to me, he seems to be a better fit at guard than the other two, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, uh, Loyal, we don't have an answer for you. If we can get Marvin on the program, we'll try. And uh, (laughs) maybe he can answer that one for you. We'll see. And also, uh, Mixon uh, texted us kind of asking the same the same question. Why why is Christian Westerman in the doghouse? He, he sent us a text on the OBI line uh, asking the same question. So appreciate that, guys. Let's get out of here, John. We've, uh, we've run long a little bit. We've been expanding, as I mentioned. This program is on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, uh, CincyJungle.com, now on Stitcher and the Google Play app. And you can get in touch with us via Twitter, the OB Insider, excuse me, at Bengals OBI and via email the OB Insider at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or I don't know. Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.